Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. I don't know about you. I am still recovering from the time change. Now, for over 30 years, I lived in Phoenix, Arizona. We don't play. We don't change our clock. That causes some other problems, but it never messed with my sleep like it has here in the River Valley. So I thought maybe we could get some help and insight with some sleep. Dr. Nancy Fitch is a physician with MedExpress. Uh, Dr. Fitch, welcome to Koinonia. Thank you so much for having me. I am I'm just surprised as I get older. Boy, I just can't uh, do a two-hour overnight sleep and, and function for the rest of the day. Uh, how much sleep do adults really need? Basically, they feel that adults should be getting about seven hours of sleep a day, and then maybe an hour or two more as, as we get older. But as your comment really pertains to, I think as we get older, the elderly tend to have a more difficult time getting that sleep. So it's a challenge. It's, it's very much a challenge. And as I'm getting older, I'm experiencing it as well. It's, it's not as easy to, to do that. And the quality of, of sleep is really a challenge as well. What are some uh, common kinds of uh, sleep issues or maybe even sleep disorders? Well, when you look at some of the different ways that people have issues with their sleep, you know, you've got your classic case of insomnia. I think just about everybody has had insomnia at some point during their life. Um, most of the time, for most of us, it's a, you know, an occasional thing that is just a nuisance. But, you know, you've got insomnia, you've got something called restless leg syndrome. That can be very much of an issue. Narcolepsy is another, and sleep apnea is probably the more common problem that we're hearing about that's really come to the forefront over recent years. But, um, you know, getting that sleep and something, stuff that interrupts our sleep can be a challenge. Delving into sleep apnea, I agree. That seems to be the more prevalent of those issues. My wife had uh, restless leg syndrome, which, yeah, definitely, I don't know if she lost sleep or if I lost more sleep, but <laughs> nonetheless, it was impacting us for sure. Uh, but sleep apnea, that's something that if you live alone, um, it's kind of hard to find out if you've got that. Is that correct? That is very true because some of the hallmarks of sleep apnea are one, you know, snoring, having periods of apnea, which is not breathing. And that's usually evidenced by people who all of a sudden snort and because their airway, they're, they're gasping for breath. Um, people will be a little bit more sleepy during the day because they're not getting adequate sleep. But snoring is one of the biggest things. And if, and, it's notorious. Well, I don't snore. <laughs> right. I don't snore. Yeah. yeah right. Uh huh. Guess what? You snore like a chainsaw, sweetie. Yeah. Um. So it, it's if you live alone, a lot of people don't know. If you have any questions about it, uh, there are several apps that you can download that will actually record you during the night, and will mark periods of snoring or restlessness in bed. Um coughing, those kinds of things, gasping, it'll actually, you can actually listen to recordings of what you're doing at night. It's actually pretty interesting to, to see. 
That is cool. And I, I wasn't aware that that had, I, I know there's devices, obviously you can go to sleep centers and things like that. I didn't realize that, you know, it's right there on our phone. I shouldn't be surprised, but uh, I no. didn't know that it, it advanced quite like that. Oh, what are some of these uh, effects? Uh, now people, you know, want to write it off and say, oh, well, you know, I'm just a little tired. It's not a big deal. Uh, sleep really, or poor sleep, in fact, can really impact our health. Very much so. You know, the, what people don't often realize is that it can have effect on your weight loss. If you're trying to lose weight, if you're not getting enough sleep, it can affect that. It can affect your mood as far as depression. Um, depression can cause lack of sleep, and lack of sleep can cause more depression. So that's one that's very much a vicious circle. Uh, it can affect your diabetes, keeping your diabetes under control, and it can also have a huge effect on cardiovascular disease, uh, heart attacks, strokes, uh, pulmonary hypertension. It can have a lot of effects on the cardiovascular system as well. Dr. Nancy Fitch is my guest. She's a physician with MedExpress, and we're talking about sleep and getting good sleep. What can I do if I'm having trouble sleeping? Well, I think we, we all need to picture sleep as being part of a necessary function and you need to have good and it's called sleep hygiene so some of the things that you know we always tell patients to make sure number one you obviously want to limit your caffeine Mm. caffeine you know a lot of people shouldn't have any caffeine after noon two o'clock in the afternoon something like that the earlier you go to bed the earlier you want to restrict your caffeine intake because caffeine is obviously a stimulant and will keep you awake Alcohol can also affect your sleep. Some people think, oh, I'll just have that little glass of wine before I go to bed. But that can cause some disruption in your sleep and limit you from getting into what's called REM or rapid eye movement sleep, which is your true deep, deep sleep. Mm. Um, Computers, are we're we're so addicted to our screens, you know, between laptops, TVs, and phones. Um, the blue light from those screens, and just the stimulation of your mind while you're doing those things can also uh, cause you to have some impairment of your sleep. So those are things that you want to try and limit fluids. I know as I know as I'm getting older and I'm a female, I still now am experiencing getting up to, to use the bathroom during the night. Men tend to have that problem a little bit more than women because of their prostate. But, you know, so limiting fluids so you're not drinking you know, 30 or 40 ounces of water an hour before you go to bed uh, so you don't have to wake up to use the bathroom during the night, uh, not having a real heavy meal before you go to bed, right before you go to bed, high acid foods that can cause some heartburn when you lay flat. Those are some things that you can do to try and, um, you know, give yourself that chance to have a good night's sleep. And it's just having a good, solid bedtime routine. You know, that, that's important. I really liked your advice. It's sleep hygiene. You need to take it serious. And if just like anything else you want to do to improve your health, if you'll be intentional about it, there's some simple things that you can do that you've just kind of lined out for us. Dr. Nancy Fitch is my guest. She's a physician with MedExpress. One thing that, uh, well, a couple of things with the pandemic, but uh, children and their sleep patterns being affected by attending school you know, virtually instead of the way they were. And then it switches and now they're all, all of a sudden they're going back, you know, to in classroom settings. That's got to be messing with things too, right? 
Oh, absolutely. And I think for kids, it's a it's an anxiety provoking situation. Uh, their their schedules. Kids are very much schedule oriented. You know, they need their routines, and we've started that from the time that we're infants. You know, we have a bedtime for them, and we have a bedtime routine and a bedtime ritual. Of course, we as adults, we don't follow that as we get older. We should be doing the same thing, having our bedtime ritual. But, you know, the, that can tend to get disrupted now with the, with the pandemic, and now we're switching them back to going back to school. Some schools are doing hybrid where, you know, two days a week they're online, three days a week they're in class and in the school, and then they're flip-flopping week after week. So the, the anxiety that's being provoked for these kids can definitely affect their sleep. I want to touch on something you said there for adults, that having a sleep routine, that has to do with our circadian rhythm. It, it really, your body will adjust to having a, a reliable routine. Is that accurate? Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we, don't, we don't do that. We might skip out on sleep to watch our TV shows or catch up on our, our social media or a social event. You're out at a party one night and, you know, trying to get that extra hours of, hour of sleep or two to make up for it, that's fine. Um, but when you start shifting around, and, and I'm an emergency physician by trade, and I tortured my body for years with that rotating shifts and flip-flopping back and forth and working day shift, night shift, middle shift, and every shift in between, it can definitely wreak havoc. Uh, and not having that solid routine, you know, quiet, dark room, cooler room so it's not too hot um and just you know this again getting rid of those screens right before bed or sure. are important giving yourself an hour or so without that uh stimulation of the blue light and the screens can be very important well i'm definitely taking notes here so i i want to <laughs> i'm going to flip-flop here is there such a thing as too much sleep And, and nine times out of ten, it's because when you are in bed, you're not getting restful sleep to begin with. So those, again, you need to look back at, are you truly getting good sleep? Mm-hmm. Uh, or is your sleep being disrupted that, you know, you're missing and sleeping through alarms and, and missing meetings and not waking up when you normally should? So that's, again, checking into restless legs syndrome, sleep apnea. Is there a problem going on with that? Is there a problem going on with diabetes or an, another medical problem? But too much sleep, we really only need, you know, seven, eight hours of sleep a night. If you okay. shoot for eight hours a night, you should be doing pretty well. Well, I am just very blessed right now. Uh, my sleep is pretty good now. Like I, I made the joke about this week, but uh, I haven't had to hit my alarm like once in the last uh, couple of months. I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, a few minutes before the alarm goes off. So I'm really uh, fortunate in that regard. Uh, one last question. How about naps? I, you know, I like my Sunday afternoon nap. Is that, uh, an anthema to good sleep or is it just a normal part of, you know, being a guy or, <laughs> I, you know, I think there are times when you just might need that little bit to recharge when it becomes a problem is if it then affects you going to sleep at a normal hour that night. Um, I'm not one much for naps. I, it takes me too long to fall asleep. I'm not mm. one who is asleep within 10 minutes of my head hitting the pillow. Yeah. So for me to take a nap, it's it's a two or three hour thing. So too much of the day has gone by. Right. So I'm more of the power through and yeah. 
go to bed. But of course, that probably a comes... A nap on a Sunday, go for it. Yeah, that little bit of training. I've always been fascinated by how physicians in their, in their early years are <laughs> walking around sleep-deprived all the time. It's like, you guys should know better. You guys should know better. Uh, we should. <laughs> well, thank you should, so much for... Uh, it's terrible. Yeah, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, give us that uh, MedExpress website so if somebody wants to check it out, they can have a place to go. It's www.medexpress.com. Easy peasy. Thank you so much for your time today. You are more than welcome. It was my pleasure. Anytime. Anytime.